0: Everyone and welcome to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host Christina Burns. I'm a doctor of natural medicine specializing in the treatment of infertility by a natural and integrative methods. I founded the Naterna Institute in New York City, where my team and I work with women and couples, often in collaboration with Western medical doctors, to guide the path to healthy conception. In this podcast, you'll learn all about your body and everything in the fertility landscape to help you realize your dream of baby. I'll be bringing you the best of advice from experts in the fields of both natural and conventional medicine, as well as the heartfelt and very helpful stories of brave fertility heroes on their path to baby. Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, everyone, and thanks so much for joining Today, I'm going to get a little bit cheeky with the topic because I'm diving into something that is usually sort of one-sided, and that is the idea that a high AMH is always a good thing in terms of fertility outcomes. So the topic of the day is, is a high AMH a good thing? <laughs> so what is AMH? Let's go into that first. Um, AMH is a hormone. And it is generally used as an indicator of how many eggs you have left in your reserve. So it's anti-malerian hormone. High levels of this hormone have been traditionally thought of as a byproduct of amenorrhea or of PCOS. But in a new clinical study by Weill Cornell, they suggest that this hormone may be playing an active role in disorders of fertility like PCOS as they pertain to fertility and ovulation. So a high AMH is generally something over three. And uh, I mean, it can go up to, I've seen AMH of 10 or 11. Uh, an average AMH is generally according to somebody's age. So you know, if you're over 40, maybe you have an AMH of, of one or less than one, but that's normal for your age. If you're in your early thirties, maybe your AMH is between two and three. Maybe if you're younger than that, it's between 2.5 and 3.5, something like that. Uh, so I remember years ago, I was attending a lecture and it was by a fertility doctor. And he said in his experience The people that he most easily assists to get pregnant quickly are those with an AMH of about 1.5 to 2.5. And I was like, that's really interesting because I had been seeing patients that had this high AMH of like 3, 4, 5, 6. And doctors were often so excited about this AMH because it would mean they would get tons of eggs out of their cycle. Now that's true. They did often get a lot of eggs out of their cycle. I had patients getting 30, 40, 50 eggs out of their cycle. But then this odd thing was happening, and that none of the eggs were good, or very few of them were good, I should say. And so you go through this cycle, and by the way, the more eggs you produce, the worse you generally feel. Um, and so they would go into this cycle, they would produce a bunch of eggs and it would look good. Hopes were high. This was going to go really well, you know, but must get some good embryos out of this harvest. And, um, and then, you know, they would get a pretty crappy fertilization rate, like maybe like a third of them would fertilize or something like that. And then oftentimes like none would come back normal. And this was generally in patients with PCOS or amenorrhea, which I often think is due to PCOS, by the way. And, and I think it's the same mechanisms, uh, like insulin resistance underlying it, for example, which is why I focus so much on lifestyle, because it's the best treatment for that. But Anyway, so they were not getting good results despite, you know, this, uh, you know, rendering of a zillion eggs. So the idea is, is that the eggs just weren't good quality. And some surmise that like the zona pellucida, like the the sort of um, like outer layer of the egg was hardened and not easy to penetrate or not good quality in some way. And I was really interested to see this study come out because, it went into some mechanisms of what might be going on and what we could think about. Now, this is for information for you, for talking points, for to be able to, you know, find starting points of what to do. My approach on how to tackle this hasn't changed with this information. I still, when I see somebody who produces a lot of eggs and that they're not very good quality, I'm still working on lifestyle, nutrition. Getting the right supplements, sometimes herbal medicine, acupuncture, um, and this changes the tides. And I've seen this for the last almost 20 years that it's successful uh, with this group of patients. Nevertheless, with IVF, if you're not doing the lifestyle stuff and kind of honing in on areas where you could improve things, then generally the IVF results don't change with medication protocols or with repeated cycles. So In this study, published March 9th in Science Advances, the investigators discovered that AMH may cause follicles, which are the multicellular fluid-filled sacs that contain developing eggs in the ovary, so the follicle that the egg is inside of it, or sometimes the follicles are empty, but basically they mature too quickly. And so... AMH is routinely measured in the clinic to give an indication of how many follicles a woman has in her ovaries. And this value is often high in women with PCOS, but no one has ever determined whether a high level of AMH by itself is a negative influence. And I'm not sure if this study completely proves that, but it's interesting The thinking is, is that AMH is directly contributing to at least some of the constellations of symptoms associated with this disorder. And it's hard to say which comes first. Like, the disorder comes first, and so the, you know, multiple follicles and issues with quality comes after, or that there's some influence of, like, the the multiple follicles and that raising the AMH and, and it being, like, a negative feedback. But to isolate the effects of the AMH... The researchers used something called the xenograft system in which ovarian tissue from human organ donors is engrafted onto the flank of immunocompromised mice. Lovely. One of the group of mice was transplanted along with cells that continuously supplied AMH directly to the grafted tissue. So they isolated and supplied it just with AMH. Like That was the one thing that, they, that the tissue was exposed to. Um, or sorry, that the mice were exposed to. And the other group of mice um, were transplanted with control cells without AMH, so not exposed to AMH. And what they created was an opportunity to take tissue from the same human donors and allocate it to both experimental groups. So again, like eliminating variables. Um, The group with AMH and the group without AMH, And it's kind of the best control that you can have in one of these types of experiments. By contrast, when researchers compare patients with PCOS to those with the disorder in clinical studies, uh, there are a variety of influential factors, um, such as genetic predispositions, um, the levels of their different reproductive hormones. And so it was just like a bigger picture of variables and hormones that they would have to consider, whereas this is just exposure to AMH. And so the researchers discovered that the ovarian tissue exposed to high AMH contained follicles that showed characteristics evident at much later stage of development. Uh, Specifically, the follicles were undergoing luteinization, a process that occurs immediately leading up to ovulation before any of the oocytes were ready. So they were were moving too fast. They were just maturing too fast. They were like overcooking too fast. Uh, And... And this has not been evident prior. And so the outside, the cellular component of the follicle, is kind of overcooked. The inside, um, the oocyte is not done. So that's what I was mentioning earlier about the zone of of the outside overcooked, and then the inside is not actually mature yet. So this would make sense of why they would have not a very good fertilization rate, and the quality wouldn't be so good, because ideally... um, for good quality eggs and embryos, you need a mature, healthy egg. And these ones are not amounting to that. Based on ultrasounds showing persistent presence of, of multiple small follicles in the ovary, infertility in with, women with PCOS has been attributed to stalled growth and resultant failure of egg maturation. But the recent data indicates that stalled follicles in these patients are actually a steady stream of newly growing but abortive follicles. And the study puts forth the revised interpretation that the persistent array of small follicles in PCOS ovaries represent a continuous succession of follicles undergoing rushed maturations and then failure to ovulate. So they're still stunted. Um, and then with the fertility medications, they just force them. Um, they, they mature them, and they then force them out of the ovary with uh, an ovulation Induction, basically, like an ovadril, for example. So that does, but it doesn't just because we're getting the ovulation to occur with the fertility medication doesn't mean that we're improving the quality of what's happening. Like the same process is happening; it's just happening with multiple follicles. Where you know, if they weren't stimulated, then you know maybe nothing would happen.ing Everything, nothing would be happening. It would just be dormant. So suffice to say that a high AMH is not necessarily always a good thing. Now this doesn't, isn't a problem with everybody with a high AMH. Um, but if you're somebody with a high AMH and I hear this a lot from my patients, you have a high AMH, the doctors are so happy about, you know, the egg count and everybody's dumbfounded as to why there aren't healthy embryos being produced. This is why, um, because they're, they're not healthy and it's generally, related to the insulin resistance metabolic syndrome underlying PCOS. So with that, where I found success is by targeting the diet. uh, Because with insulin resistance and metabolic syndrome, there's a lot of issues with inflammation. And inflammation is the enemy of egg quality. So we'd want to reduce inflammatory foods in the diet. What happens with a high AMH is that the major issue is that we're not necessarily getting good quality eggs out of the situation. So no matter if we stimulate them with fertility drugs to get the eggs to actually produce and ovulate, it doesn't mean that we're changing the quality. And so generally the underlying mechanism of this is insulin resistance and inflammation in the body, whenever there's blood sugar and insulin imbalances, often it's correlated with inflammatory responses. And that is the enemy of egg quality. So what do we do? We reduce inflammatory foods in our diet. We reduce stress in our system because stress can cause fluctuations of insulin. We get more sleep because when we sleep less, we have higher levels of inflammation, we have more insulin dysregulation, we make sure that we're not eating refined sugars and refined carbohydrates, or we're keeping it to a bare minimum. Same goes for booze, because booze is actually a sugar. And then we can look at things like Myoinocetol, for example, myo is really great for um, people with PCOS and for high AMH for improving the quality because it's an insulin sensitizer. It, it helps to balance the blood sugar and insulin. A lot of the things that help with PCOS are targeting inflammation and are targeting insulin. So if we get things balanced with the diet, we're going to be in an even better position because I say this time and time again on this podcast, you can Take all the supplements under the sun. If you are eating and living like crap, there's only so much they're going to do. Other supplements that are helpful for this situation are NAC, um, for some alpha, alpha lipoic acid. Um, probiotics are amazing for a, a good one, or is an amazing um, intervention for PCOS and for inflammation and for insulin. Omega-3, vitamin D. And if MTHFR is involved, which it often is, Uh, And then generally like a methylfolate. But, you know, don't take this and then say this is going to cure all the things, right? Focus first on a diet. Make sure you're moving your body because if you don't move your body, the blood sugar is often all over the place. Don't calorie load at night before bed. Um, This also presents an issue. Uh, If you're somebody with a high follicle count and you're skinny and you work out and you're like this doesn't make any sense, then you need to look at your stress. So... That's the roundup for today. Basically, if you have a high AMH and you are getting lots of eggs, but you are not getting the results you want, then you probably have a situation of over maturing uh, follicles that are under mature on the inside. And basically it's leading to a quality issue. Hope this was helpful. I'm really happy you've tuned in and joined the community, and I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content with each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I wanna hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at at underscore life to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please follow and share with friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina.